I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show guests, the original Ariels of Voyage of the Little Mermaid, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves to you. Okay, I guess I'm first. Hi, I'm Stephanie Likes. Um, I was um, an Ariel at VOLM um, back in 94, 95. Um, hi, I'm Sarah Ford. I was Sarah Quinton at the time. Um, I started with the opening of the show um, in 91, and we opened in 92, and I did that up until 2007, end of 2007. So I think I'm still the oldest mermaid that they ever had. Hi, I'm Christy Van Adder. Um, I was the first one brought in after the original cast, so I was there 92 to 2001. Oh my goodness, it is me. Hi, this is Margaret Hosier. I was um, Margaret McDermott once in my life, but everybody knows me as Midge. Anywho, I started in December of 92. I think I actually was the one who was brought in after Leanza uh, left her contract for uh, Miss Florida um, because Ronnie Rodriguez was in a panic. So he hired me from New York (laughs) by mistake. And I wound up staying for a while, talking a lot of coffee and chocolate. But I had the time of my life. Yay! <laughs> um, hi, everybody. I'm Kim Wimmer. I was an Ariel at VOLM from, I think, I'm not entirely sure, but I think 1993 to 1995-ish. And it's so strange to think that that's like one of the only shows on Walt Disney World property that has stayed since the beginning of its opening since 92. I think Indiana Jones, that's been running since the park opened in 89 for studios. But (laughs) Voyage is like a long, long withstanding show for a long time. And and rightfully so, because all all of us little girls and uh, older girls now who used who grew up with it, love it. So uh, (laughs) it has that draw. And I'm just so grateful that you guys could be on the show today because um, I was really lucky to speak to Lienza. We we got to know one another about, about like, I would say five years ago is when we got connected. And she came on my show and we just talked all about Voyage because I was really obsessed with it, still am. And she answered all of my questions, but I still have more. I thought it would be a great idea to have you guys come on the show since it would be a wonderful way to, to honor our friend Lienza who passed away last year. So um, I really wanted to hear about the stories about how you guys got to jump in to being a part of the production. And for those who were actually at the very beginning, like what that process was like just to test it and get it to run. Because technically, it, there's a lot going on. Puppetry, sound and lights, you know, two humans at all <laughs> in the entire cast. So can you talk a little bit about that? Cool. I guess I was the only one that was there before the show opened and and I, I got to experience a lot of the, the um, well, we had to wear hard hats in the theater the first time I ever went in. They brought us in. And you about, did? Oh, yeah. It was December of 1991 when they were still um, constructing the theater around us. And it was really cool. It had been the Muppet stage before. So they were, so they, they used the uh, the track for, for our mermaid shell. That we, You remember how we'd come out on the uh, stage, right? Um, that used to be a monorail that would bust in during Here Comes the Muppets that that would come out on that track. So they just, you know, kind of took what they already had and made it work for our show. They recycled those hard hats, didn't they, Q? Uh, I'm sure Disney did. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we wore them. 
We wore them as our costumes. Oh, are you talking about that that giant wig that we had? It's like that was like three weeks. No, stuff. those were our shell bras. Those hard hats. Oh. <laughs> yes. Of course. Yes. The hard hat. I may still have mine somewhere. Oh, I wish. What? Yeah, I mean it's in storage, but I have it. Yeah, I, I actually took just it. shared a secret. I took it. I Great. took it. Like cookie cutters. <laughs> I'm so sad that mine aren't here. I really am. Mm. But back to the rehearsals, you know, for people that don't know anything about Disney, you know, they have you can only do the rehearsals when the park is closed. So, you know, you learn, you know, you work, you know, when you get hired, you know, I just remember watching show after show after show, watching Q, watching Lanza, watching Jeannie, you know, and, and getting like their styles. And then you would work with the coaches and then at night is when they would, you would do all these shows. So that was always the thing, like who was going to get approved like past one o'clock because you wouldn't start, you know, doing these shows where Ronnie Rodriguez or whoever was the head of talent would have to come in and approve you to like, okay, she can go do the show now. And, you know, sometimes these things could go two or three or 4 a.m. before somebody would get approved. So that's, it's always, it's always a late night on approval night. That's Oh true. my gosh. A lot of times they would bring in a new mermaid performer same time as they'd be training a new puppet cast and so the mermaid might be there and you know they, they might be looking at one person or have to you know like rehearse over and over again for a particular person so everybody would have to do it even if you kind of had it down so ah, that's so uh, bring back memories i know I don't, this is kim I, mean. I don't remember the rehearsal period at all i don't remember training i, I trained you <laughs> Did you? I don't. Re I don't know why I don't remember that, Christy. It's so weird. So I came into it in a very strange way. So um, Leanza and I were together at Miss America. She was uh, Miss Florida, and I was Miss Alabama. And she was telling me about the the show. And I, I, I mean, gosh, ever since I was a kid, I, I always thought it would just be such a dream to work at Disney. And um, so Leanza reached out to Ronnie Rodriguez to set up an audition for me. And I actually flew to Orlando to audition, um, for the, the show. And then I, um, knew about it while I was still in college and I didn't go until I think maybe four or five months after I auditioned, but I don't remember the rehearsal process at all. I don't remember what? being there after hours. I, I, I remember being terrified, but I don't remember. <laughs> you and I would remember after hours rehearsals when we met. And so Kim and I have a unique mermaid story, I think, because I was actually hired in, I think, in 93 to do the Mickey Starland show over at the Magic Kingdom. And then Kim and I were hired together to do Miss Minnie's Country Christmas. <laughs> and um, for a, like an extra gig, you know, like our Christmas gig. And we did have all night rehearsals. Do you remember that? We were rehearsing at the Magic Kingdom in the middle of the night. And you and I were sitting there talking, you know, you were a mermaid. I was a CJ, blah, blah, blah. And then we then we concocted this plan that we were going to go in and negotiate our second year contracts to be half or like two days at each other's stage. And I do worked. remember that, Stephanie. Yeah. It did work. Yes. So then she got to be a two-day CJ. I got to be a two-day Ariel, and that's how that all happened. But I'm with you, Kim. I don't remember mermaid rehearsals at all. I just remember Miss Minnie's Country Christmas. 
<laughs> in the middle of the night. I uh, remember, the one thing I do remember is when Fran Soder, who was the show director, came in to watch, and I've never had a faster vibrato in my life uh, than I had when Fran Soder was in the audience watching me do Ariel. It was so fast, I sounded like uh, like a BG or something. <laughs> I think that would be interesting to hear everybody's like stories mm. about who was in the audience that made them the most nervous. Ooh, I, have that's I have a couple, but I, I think it'd be interesting to hear. Michael Jackson. Do you remember that day? Yeah, but I wasn't the mermaid, but yeah, I remember. I think mermaid. I was, but it's a blur. I don't remember. It was terrifying. I had Princess, <laughs> I had Princess Die and William and Mary. And then wow. I, I think actually the most nervous was, uh, was Alan Menken. Because you oh, know, oh like, my god, the guy that wrote the music. Like, wow. what if I am not interpreting it the way he wants it interpreted? I, I think I was more nervous over him, but I, I get Ken's yeah. thing with the, the fast vibrato just makes you so nervous when you just want to want to do a good show. Not that we didn't want to do a good show every time, but you know, when you're doing eight shows a day, you know, it becomes you know, and then you've got somebody like an Alan Minkin in the audience, you're like, holy cow, I'm ruin this would celebrities usually ask to meet you after the show or was that not possible because basically you guys were going back to back with shows like it was in out in out no they would uh, most of the time they would want a photo and when princess die came her security came in and checked the green room and checked my bathroom in case she had to <gasps> and i was like oh my god diana is gonna use my loo like what <laughs> She ended up not using it, but they they taught everybody how to curtsy and they checked the security and then they're like, if you want to meet her afterwards. And and I think I think probably everybody's got stories where they met, you know, some celebrity after a show or took a photo. Yeah. Or something, so. I, don't I was only nervous with uh, family. I think it was with Priscilla and her child, the child she had had just before she had married Michael Jackson. They, I don't remember which child that was, but it was a little small child in a stroller and Priscilla Presley. And Michael was there somewhere, but he wasn't in the picture. It was Lisa Marie, not Priscilla. Christy, huh. I, I have to ask because my mom will kill me if I don't. Um, she loves Princess Diana. And she, we were just actually talking about it. it's Princess Diana's 60th birthday on July 1st. So what was it like to meet her and the boys? Because I'd seen footage of them traveling Disney World. I, somebody had posted it online. They went to the Hoop-de-Doo. And I'd heard a story that they saw Voyage. So you, you verified it. So what was it like to meet her and the boys? She was very, I just remember she was so thin, like tall and thin. She didn't have a stitch of makeup on, but yeah. just beautiful. You know, she was just really, really pretty. And I guess the boys were like 12 and 10 or 10 and 8, something like that. And they just kept talking about, you know, for anybody that's been to, to Voyage with Little Mermaid, it's all the water, right? The water. And they just, Harry just kept talking about the water, the water, all the water <laughs> you know, coming down. Um, yeah, it was, it, they were, they were very lovely. It was, it was a good memory. I remember her coming through with the boys, and it's like you said, she didn't have on a stitch of makeup. She had those, like, strawberries and cream, just British complexion, and she was gorgeous. She had just short shorts and, and a white T-shirt, like short jean shorts, and You're, she looked like... She had a white, just a white T-shirt on, plain white T-shirt. Yeah. Like, I met her over at Epic, actually, that day. I was over there when she went from Mermaid over to Epic. I was visiting my ex-husband's 
and uh, they had security there and I wasn't allowed to, to come back through until she walked through and she came right past and she was like radiant, lovely. Just beautiful. You guys were there during like peak MGM Studios time because there's so much going on. There are a lot of individuals who are coming in and doing the handprint ceremony in front of Great Movie Ride. And the Backlot Tour is still hopping. The animation studio, they're actually making films. So what was one of those highlighted things for you? Like when you were off and not Ariel, maybe you were, you know, you had lunch break or anything like that. What was the most fun thing for you to do while you were roaming around the studios? Riding the rock and roller coaster. Yes. <laughs> yes, Margie. The, oh, yes. We would go in the mornings. They would let um, cast members ride yep. it. So when I had to do an A shift and I'm not a morning person, I'd go over there <laughs> And ride that roller coaster and it would wake me up and it was so fun uh, there's yep. always a bit of an adrenaline rush that something's going to happen you're going to get stuck on the ride and not make it to the show <laughs> <laughs> we would go ride the um tower of terror on our breaks so we were yeah free i didn't like that one i was just thinking about what was so cool about working at disney uh during that time and i don't know what it's like now because i haven't been there for a gazillion years but we would put on you know baseball caps in full makeup, and like we'd have these really long, like four-hour breaks. We go to Epcot, <laughs> <laughs> just hang out, go to attractions, like do all kinds of things. And uh, several of us worked at well, uh, so um, Stephanie, Sarah, Christy, and I all worked in um, Japan as well. And they didn't let you go onto the property at all. <laughs> I wanted to audition at some point and that was going to be my next question is they have a certain like height requirement and I'm wondering if there's a weight requirement because of the transformation sequence because they have to stuff you in that rock. <laughs> so mm. was that the case for you guys? Like was there a height requirement for this? Yeah. Definitely. I when I auditioned, yeah. I remember telling um, Bob, what was Bob's last name? Franklin? Oh, shoot. Yeah, Bob Franklin, Doris has been. Oh, and um, Dora, oh Kim, the way you moved the tail. Oh, yes, yeah. she was amazing. She was one of the stage managers, Tammy. But um, I remember uh, being in the audition with Bob and Ronnie and saying that I was uh, five three, well, five three and three quarters. And they were like, no, you're five three. And I said, oh, yes, I am five three. Really? Yeah, it's five three? Yes. Yeah, five three was supposed to be the top. Oh, yes. I knew I knew there was a, a weight requirement for Tink because of the sandbags or whatever, but I I never heard of that by the time we got there. Um, and I'm 5'2", and thought I was fine. And then I sat down on the rock, and the tail came out from just underneath my shelves. I had no torso. Um so I was one of the mermaids that had to sit on phone books, yellow pages <laughs> under my butt. That's hilarious. I was always wondering because I thought the transformation scene, I'm, I'm wondering if they're using the same type of system or the same rock. I'm not sure. But we, we all know that through the years, there were a couple of changes that were made to the show. Um, the shell disappeared. Also, the tail became something that was something that was worn instead of being puppeteered. <gasps> The, the hand puppets from the taking the voice sequence were taken out. The Sebastian second scene with Triton was out. Can you guys talk about the original tail and the shell itself? Like, how did everything operate for you guys with the original prop? <laughs> well, the left pedal hard. made it go up and down, and the right pedal made it go right to left. Is that right? 
the left pedal? I can't remember which. Well, anyway, you were like, down and one went side to side. You were sitting yeah. on a very uncomfortable bicycle seat, basically, yep. is what it was. And then you, the tail had to then get wrapped around your waist. Nice. So I have nightmares about that thing. Oh, oh, we have to talk about the nightmares because I think all of us have had nightmares. Yes. yes. Yeah. I have the same oh, for sure. dream at least once a month and I have not been there in 20 years. So let me describe it and you guys tell me if this is what you have. Sebastian is talking under the sea is done. So when Sebastian starts talking, you know, you're about the, 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 it's about ready to go. Your rock's about ready to go out. The dream is I'm in the dressing room. I don't have a wig on. I don't even have my hair tied up in the pins and the thing. I do have my makeup on, but I don't have any clothes on, no wig, no wig cap, nothing. And I know I have about 20 seconds to get into the rock. That's my recurring dream. Literally yes. once a month and I've not been there in 20 years. Yes. Oh. Yeah, well, that was scary. I, I've, I've had dreams that, uh, I've gone, I've gone down to visit and so excited to get to see the show. And they say, Midge, our mermaid just got sick. Will you jump in? And it's all different. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> and the other, the other scary one is that I forgot my shell bra. Speaking of nightmares, can you talk a little bit about some of the mishaps on stage? Because I do some theater on the side and that's when you kind of have to be on your game when something happens that doesn't usually happen during the shows. <laughs> Oh, there's so many of them. I remember one time I did a show with the shell bra wrapped around my chin. What? The, what? the strap broke. The strap in the back broke the, the clasps, but my elastic was tied around underneath the wig on my back. And the thing went boink, in the middle of part of your world. And the shell bra wound up like a double chin around my flipping neck. It was pretty hysterical. Oh, <laughs> so my goodness. So I think funny. there were a number of times Ursula for me. Go, and, Ursula and, breaking, like Ursula going down, like, yeah. and just like, and then they have to bring the whole show down and you hear kids going, I don't understand why is the curtain closing? Like they'd have to call the whole show or pull the show down when Ursula like went yeah. back. I can remember the that. The worst for me was during the transformation when the, um, yep. the, the, platform that we were standing on was rising up so ariel's rising into the air with the tail attached and then it would go to pull the tail but the pail the tail would get caught in the rocks and so the yep. tail's just lying there like a dead fish on the rocks and the children are crying mommy mommy what happened and then they're like thank you for coming to the little and then they yeah. like go down and you're yes. just standing there like well we did our best. <laughs> I remember that too. I remember tail mishaps. I also remember there were times when I had no idea which Prince Eric I was about to kiss until I was actually on stage. And I was like, oh, it's you. Excellent. <laughs> and, or, oh, I've never met you before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So they would really have you guys kiss on stage because they it looks like they don't even do that anymore. They like pretend to do it. That's lame. Nope. We kissed them. Yep. We kissed a lot of frogs. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, but girls, seriously, though, how many girls can say that they kissed a Backstreet Boy? I mean, how cool are we? That's what's pretty cool about the original mermaids at MGM right there, Tammy. 
How many girls Ooh. got to see the Backstreet Boy? Which one? Which one? Yeah, Kevin, Kevin Richardson. Yeah. Kevin uh, Richardson. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's wow. amazing. Those poor Prince Eric's. They don't even get to say their own line. <laughs> I always thought that and was pretty go, brilliant. Thank you about... to all the Prince Eric's who would use mouthwash before coming on stage. Mm-hmm. Instead of like smelling like shrimp or... You know, garlic or something crazy. Yeah. So we have to talk about when the when the puppeteers would try to make us laugh. Uh-huh. So they Always. would sit off stage in the alcove and whisper things at us. Sometimes not even whisper, and you knew that people in the audience could hear them. And then they would be inside <laughs> Ursula and underneath her arm, shooting like a water gun out from underneath Ursula's arm into her face. <laughs> Or spitball. Oh my yeah. gosh! Such hijinks on that stage. It was it was really a classic time. We were very very blessed. I I like how they still they have the original intro with the original voice saying the intro, and then right as it's about to say Disney's MGM Studios, it goes Disney's Hollywood Studios, and you could tell it's like a different guy. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no, it'll never be the Hollywood Studios to me. Same here. <laughs> it'll, it'll always be MGM. But you think Disney has the budget to just redo the whole voiceover, you know? Like, why? <laughs> That's strange. One of you should do Remember it. We all used to kiss the wig cap, the wigs, when our name tags on the wigs, if it was a good wig, we'd give extra lipstick kisses to the girls in the, in the wig room to thank them. Yes. Aww. Remember. Yeah, those wigs were amazing. <laughs> those were like beautiful. So many but... little things to remember. Some were better than others, let me tell you. <laughs> well, the, the, the Cobra ones, when they first started that jam, forget it. When they started adding the, the, just a little bit of flare of the curl and the Curls. deeper red and just the nice little flare up front, it was worth having to wait for that because yeah, the other I ones were like. Carol. Carol did my wig. Like, I'm like, who's doing wigs tomorrow? Oh, my wig's going to be awesome. You know, you you had your favorite people that were in the wig room that just really paid, yeah. like, just had like great attention to detail, you know? Can I tell you how much I wish I had one of those wigs? No. Me too. Isn't that be amazing? Christy has shells. She probably has one of the wigs too. I have a college. <laughs> Remember the the na- the hoodie jackets that we had with the aerial patch on it? Yes, I, I, I still have mine. And guess what? My zipper broke this week. Karma. I was always confused why <laughs> they didn't cute. sell more stuff for the show. Like you would have thought that they would have had more plushes or a shirt for the show. I know they somehow later down the line came out with a pin, like in the early two thousands, but there really wasn't any uh, any merch. <laughs> well, we didn't have an exit into the gift shop. My son is uh, 19 years old, and when he was, like, two, I found, I want to say it was in, like, um, a Salvation Army or some secondhand store. It was a, a mermaid, you know, play cell phone, but when I opened it up, it's a photograph of Lianza. Oh, oh my goodness. How so I've beautiful. I've got that somewhere. I've got it. So I'll have to take a picture of it and send you guys, but it's it's... I opened it up and I was like, wait, that's the Voyage of the Little Mermaid show. And as I looked closer, it was definitely Lianza. So. And, and, and we were just talking about Lianza. And I just wanted to, to mention her again because she was the first Ariel in the show. 
and um, we're very sad of her passing. So can you tell me your your favorite Lienza story or encounter? <laughs> I don't know if mine. I don't know if anybody wants to hear mine. Where she was there, but I'll always I'll just never forget sitting with you. It was you, Christy, oh, and I think was, were Michelle and Jeannie with us. I know you were there. And we were watching the count. You know where they were. You know, uh, saying, you know, like, okay, and the third runner up and the second runner up and thinking like she's still there and getting this chill in your shoulders and like she's still on the stage. And then the the two of them uh, and then Leanza was the winner. And I think for a bit, uh, nobody went up to her to, you know, give her the flowers and whatever. So she's sort of standing there like, what's going on? What do I do? And so finally people came rushing at her with the crown and all that. But. Yeah, I think actually that's my favorite memory because what a moment. And and I was sitting with you, Christy, and I think yeah. it was I think it was Michelle or Jeannie. It was one yeah, of them. Yeah, I think it was Michelle. Well, I was there obviously, you know, when she won Miss Florida and you know, we were working today together almost every day. And I remember that, you know, she had selected, you know, AIDS awareness right to be her platform. And I remember she came in and had had a conversation with Miss Florida and they, they didn't want her to, they thought it was too controversial of a subject to be her pup. And she's like, Christy, but this is like, this is, this is what I do. This is what I, this is what I believe in. I said, you should just tell them to go to hell. This is what you're doing. Right. Like, just like, let it, you know, and, and she also had that kind of personality and she was like, yep, I'm just doing it. Like, I, this is going to be the, they can hate me or love me, but I'm going to, this is my platform, you know, but she, she struggled with that because she wanted to just pick something that was like, you know, easy she wanted to really you know and she did a lot for AIDS awareness when not only when she was Miss America but until she died she was constantly doing things for you know uh for that cause and I think that you know that that really showed that she was you know she was always going to be bold in her choices um you know even at a very early age and I think that's what people remember about I remember she she um before Miss Florida she was working with Hope and Help in Orlando, which was a AIDS resource center, and she got me volunteering there. So she was a, just a down to earth person. She was just so down to earth, and you know, there's something about her where it just seemed like um, everyone just kind of admired her, and yet she never let it go to her head. And you could tell it was genuine. Just you know, you know, there was there was sort of a, an air about her. I guess you know. Preparing for the pageant probably had something to do with it because, you know, we, we were all kind of excited for and, wow, I've never been in the midst of somebody who was doing a, a Miss America pageant. That's kind of exciting. And yet she just wanted to fit in. She didn't want to stand out and be the the sparkling princess, you know. She just wanted to be uh, everybody's friend. That's what I remember about her. It, it started out a day where uh, Jerry Smith and I wound up at the Florida Mall and we went into Target, of course, and I was wearing a flannel because I'm from New York and I had a lot of them. And I found this rainbow sombrero. And to make Jerry laugh, I was walking around Target going like, and he's like, would you stop? And we were laughing, having a grandy old time. Before I knew it, we left Target. We checked out and everything. And I went to go get in the car and I hit my head getting in Jerry's car. And he's like, I can't believe you bought that stupid hat. And I was like, oh, my God, Jerry, I didn't pay for this hat. What am I going to do? I have to go back in. He was like, don't go back in. You'll get arrested. So then I had to stop and I had to put money at church because I felt so guilty that I stole a sombrero. But when I got to Disney, Leanza was there and I got to meet Leanza in this ridiculous rainbow sombrero. Right. So she's like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. You're Midge. And I was like, geez, I'm meeting Leanza Cornette in a 
freaking rainbow sombrero with a flannel. So I was cracking up and I was like, not something, you know, you would normally see from, you know, one of your, your pageant friends. I, and she said, well, we'll have to make you a crown. So she started laughing. Everybody was going to the parliament house that evening for some drag show. And I, of course, was invited. And I was like, guys, I'm, you know, can't go anywhere with this sombrero. And Leanne's was like, you're coming and you're bringing the hat. So we went to the parliament house and Leanza and I were wearing this rainbow sombrero and these girls were coming up going, Hey baby, like, cause we're wearing the rainbow flag for crying out loud. We drank some Bud Lights, I think it was, or Coors Light or something <laughs> like that. We cheered and she was like, you go girl. Thanks for letting me borrow your hat. And I'll never forget Leanza Cornette for that because she made me feel like a hundred dollars wearing that rainbow sombrero oh. that I unassumingly stole from Target, but I did put money <laughs> at church. So sorry about that. And Leanza knows there's a set of wings up there when I get there next to hers because she knows I didn't steal the hat. That's it. <laughs> and also the show itself is is still something that people love to see. And it's that full entertainment where a whole family can go in and enjoy it. But you know, I used to pray before I went out uh, on the rock for some like five-year-old girl or somebody in the audience to have not seen the show before just to give it a little bit of spice, you know, because it's so hard doing show after show after show, like when you're tired or if you had a busy night the night before, if you know what I'm saying, girls, wink, wink. And you'd go out there saying, please, God, let there be somebody. And you, the shell rock would go out and there would be somebody going, yes, she is, mom. And you'd be like, thank you, Jesus. And you could get through that show and then you could go out and you could do it all over again because it was, you, you had to be magic for somebody. If you weren't authentic, you know, to, to make those kids think I'm seeing Ariel up there, then you aren't doing your job. Where are your girls? Right. Yeah. It was tough because it's kind of like when you're driving home from work and you realize, you know, that you have not been, you don't remember anything about driving because you're just in your head. You do yeah. so those shows that after, that you'd have to, you know, I'd have times where I would get to the end of the song and I'd be like, I don't remember singing it. Did I do anything? Like autopilot. Yeah. And, and I think, like, did I did I do something in the show? Like, did I sing the words? Oh, so that would give me a little bit of an adrenaline rush. Even as an audience member, every time I see the show, because I make it a point, I'm like, even if nobody else in my party wants to see it, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to go see it. I have not heard as much shrieking at the Ursula part as I did my last trip. I was like, whoa, where is this coming from? But it's so much fun because that moment when Ariel arrives, because it's like that moment you're just waiting for, waiting, because you have the whole under the sea segment and you get this whole overture for Ariel coming out and you're and it's just so magical because I remember the moment and I have it on camera when I first saw it and I remember that moment too because I'm like oh just it's Ariel because she was my favorite so it was always my dream to be to do that show like I know you guys could probably do it if if we put the, the backing track out for you guys I'm sure all of you could do it for us right <laughs> yeah I was watching those videos you sent to us today and I'm like I I was just saying the lines along with Sebastian. Now, what is that girl up to? <laughs> so my, yeah. neighbors have a, my neighbors have a 45-year-old parrot who loves the song. So oh. I sing to the parrot every once in a while, and the parrot oh. does the ah. The parrot does the ah. <laughs> it's like, oh, how cute. Yeah. I love it. I'm still singing a lot uh, to the parrot. Nobody else. Yeah. 
Well, girls, I can't thank you enough for being on the show and and talking about this this particular musical show from the theme parks because it's it is one of my all time favorites, and I'm glad that it's not officially gone away yet. There were rumors, and that was actually I was just telling everybody before my call that was the last conversation I had with with Lienza was there was a rumor that they were going to close it and then COVID hit. So I'm hoping that they'll be able to bring it back because there's that legacy that comes with it. And um, it just is needed in the parks. Like Ariel is such a big, big part of a lot of uh, us females and us girls who just love that strong, independent woman, and uh, who's a mermaid. <laughs> also, so it's also so important. Like with so like, true. girls that have red hair, that that like Ariel was a character that could make a redheaded little girl feel beautiful. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this. And and my final question to each of you is, if you could describe your experience using one word, just being in Voyage of the Little Mermaid, what word would that be? Blessed. I would say magical. Family. Friendship, yeah. Sisterhood. <laughs>